All right. Good morning. It is bright and early, quarter of nine on Saturday, June 8th, and I've got a So Far Sounds gig today. And I thought I would do a little before and after. Hold on. That's a little hot. Let me turn that down just a sec. There we go. Too far? All right. That's about right. So, uh, So Far Sounds, I think it stands for Songs from a Room. So, S-O, like S-O-N-G, Songs from a room far f-a-r songs from a room is a concept um, where um, people can go check out live music in their local scene and it's surprise shows at surprise locations um so it's an interesting concept i've done it once before it was about two years ago and uh, that was a pretty good time i got to meet some other bands in the area and uh, make a couple fans, hopefully. Uh, I think a couple people signed up for the email list. And um, yeah, what's my mentality like going into today's gig? Well, it's kind of funny. I was describing it to my wife yesterday. She was like, so what's the deal with the gig tomorrow? And I was like, well, you know, music lovers in the Phoenix area sign up for So Far Sounds. And, um, and then they're alerted of the show a couple days ahead of time. And then they're given the location like two days ahead of time, but then they actually don't know who they're going to go see. It's completely secret until the day of the show. Um, We're allowed to promote as artists, but we're supposed to say like, you know, uh, we're involved in a show with So Far Sounds at a secret location. So we can be a little coy with it. Um, my social media posts had a little wink, wink, you know, you, you might know an artist that so far sounds this Saturday in Phoenix, wink, wink. Um, so, you know, we're, we're supposed to promote it a little bit, but, uh, it's cool. We get to go play for a room full of people that, um, that are just music lovers to check it out. And it's like a, a pretty respectful listening environment from what I've seen in the past, People just want to dig on the tunes. So I've got my work cut out for me. It's been about a month since my last gig. I feel like I've just, I, that just reminded me of going to confession. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's, it's been 19 years since my last confession. Um, no, so yeah, bless me, music gods, for I have been busy and not played a gig in over a month. And I like, literally just pulled my guitar out yesterday for the first time in a, in a couple days or, or weeks. Um, I was doing a little bit of home studio stuff, but that doesn't really translate. Those are kind of different skill sets versus live performing. Um, they kind of, you know, the getting better at the live, you know, the home studio stuff makes me a more interesting performer for the live um, thing. I think they, they complement each other, but uh, it's definitely a different skill set to be able to sing for 45 minutes uh or or a half an hour or whatever i think the set so they said the show is from 12 to 2 and it's three acts so if there's a little bit of turnover in there that's at least a half an hour per group so i think i'm just going to go in there guns blazing on original songs i um it's an opportunity to to win some people over and and to be myself in a situation god even just hearing me say win people over that's the part of all this that just frustrates the hell out of me that I don't really have like a killer instinct knack for. I don't, I don't want to be the dictator of people's mental experience, but I do think that my original songs are worth someone's attention if they want it to be, you know, God, 
such a wuss when it comes to marketing and that's a whole nother issue here. But, um, how do I, uh, how do I frame up my mind to be positive heading into this? You know, I was like, cause I was beating myself up a little bit. I was like, well, great. I've got this great opportunity to go play for new people. And really all I have is an email list. I've kind of sold out of all of my Baker's dozens. I can promote the, uh, the recent JC three dreams and lives project, but that's just, you know, something that's, that's streaming online. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'll promote that, but I don't have t-shirts or stickers or any of the stuff that music fans sometimes want to have, um, or want to be able to, to purchase, to show their support for a group, you know, slap a sticker on the, on, on their guitar case or on their water bottle or something. So I don't know, I'm kind of kicking myself that I'm not more further along in terms of professional marketing and, if, if anybody's been listening to this podcast, it's the same stupid crap I've been talking about for two and a half years. Um, cause I don't know. I'm, I'm like stubbornly purist when it comes to trying to be, um, artistic about the music and about the experience. And, and I think part of it is my own personality defect that I hate being solicited to. So, <laughs> and like, as I scroll through social media and I see people posting their, their videos of themselves performing and stuff. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. That's like, it just gets to be a little bit of old hack after a while. And I'm a little bit cynical about it. So I don't know if that's ever going to change. <laughs> um, but, um, but today is an opportunity for me to go be myself, sing some original songs. I might throw a cover or two in there just to, just to keep, keep it accessible for the good people. Maybe crazy that seal song. Um, I always think of my mom when I sing that song, cause one time we were at a beach get together and we were all chatting and that's, you know, just some shuffle music on in the background. And that song came on and mid conversation, my mom was just like, Ooh, I love this song and started dancing and then carried on with the conversation. Um, never gonna get by unless we are a little crazy. In case you were wondering what song I was talking about, it's Seal. Um, uh, uh. Do Seal fans at his concerts make like Seal barking noises when they're excited to see him? He comes out on stage and everyone's like, uh, 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 uh. I don't know how to make a Seal barking noise. Um, at dinner the other night, we were singing along to something after me and my wife finished dinner and then the kids sit there and don't eat their dinner for the next 20 minutes until they convince us that they're done. Um, and we were singing along to something that was, oh, my wife put some Beatles on and it was the, uh, the coda of Hey Jude, that nice long, like, na, 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 that part. And John Lennon and, and Paul McCartney and the, the Beatles are all going nuts, you know, Jude, 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 Jude. And I did this inward scream. I was like, yeah and uh cracked myself up because i did not know i could do that or i i hadn't tried it in a long time and then my wife tried it and immediately was coughing wow um i think that's like a van halen type scream or something hold on let me try to get a good one oh it's so weird or or it sounds like the grim reaper has come and um is screaming uh, to steal some souls um how the hell did I start talking about that? Uh, what was I talking about? 
just talking about the so far show and uh oh yeah crazy and seals okay that's how i got there because <laughs> how do you bark like a seal that's a that's a terrible seal bark oh so yeah might might play that song crazy um might play call me Al. that's kind of a good standby uh crowd pleaser and one that i don't need the lyrics for it'll be fun to not have my music stand with my book full of covers and i think i might leave the pedals at home too and just do guitar and voice and see how see how groovy we can get with that try out a couple new songs go to some of my good standbys maybe work in some harmonica to keep it interesting but it's a quick quick set you know 30 minutes can go by really fast so um i'll check in after and let you know how it went all right rock on Okay, so I am back. I did the so far thing. Um, it is now the afternoon. And I need to turn the metronome off in my headphones. Click, 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 click. That's 120 BPM. Say click, 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 click. Um, all right, so it was a pretty good time. I'm glad I did it. I, uh, I didn't realize this, but momentous occasion. I sold out of Baker's Dozen hard copy CDs. I've been carrying them around in my briefcase and selling them at shows, you know, one and two at a time over the years, and uh, I finally sold out. Did I sell out? I might have one left. I might be overselling this. I think I had three available, and two uh, nice ladies bought a CD, and this one woman, uh, she was like, hey, I don't have cash. I was like, just have it, and she was so nice. She was like, no, you... I have to pay for it. I'll, I'll figure it out. So I sent her to my online tip jar. So just, just tip me 10 bucks online and we'll, we'll call it even. And I appreciated that she insisted on paying. She was like, you, you charge for your craft. This is valuable. It was nice. It was, uh, she was <laughs> inspiring. It's funny. I should have had, I should have had some stuff. Um, I don't know, a cool hat or a cool koozie, maybe a Garrett Anderson music, you know, beer koozie. Or soft drink koozie if you're under 21. Um, so it was at this guy's house. The guy that organizes the Sofars in Phoenix uh, lives uh, close to the South Mountain, and he hosts the show in his backyard when there's no one else that steps up and volunteers to host the show, or they can't, you know, kind of put in the the legwork to find a business that wants to host it. Um, so he opened up his backyard. He put up a little makeshift shade, which worked for about 80% of the people that were there. It was a, it was a pretty decent turnout. There was like 30 some odd people and nobody that I had known. I met some folks that live uh, close enough to amped that they might come out to the gig on Friday. They were really nice. And I had a really good time. Um, the two guys went before me. So I, one of the groups that was scheduled actually canceled at the last minute and the organizer called his buddy um i think his name is tyke and he has an ep coming out and he he sang along with his ep tracks and if you have listened to my podcast you may know that i have a little bit of a hard line against pushing play and backing tracks on live music uh, i think it kind of just muddies down the experience but um you know what what i've landed on is i think i'm uh, there's just a distinction between you know music that's 
um, that's being per- performed on the spot versus uh, a show or some sort of performance that is uh, includes backing tracks and pushing play. But uh, nice guy, great energy, you know, really friendly when he came into the room, really cool vibe. I, I wish him nothing but the best. His, his songs were cool, really groovy, good hooks, nice vocal runs. I, I meant to tell him that I have a newfound appreciation for vocals after watching The Voice with my family a little bit. Uh, we got into that kind of the last two seasons. My older daughter likes to watch that. And, uh, you know, one of the shows, that, that and Survivor are kind of our family shows where we'll s- sit around and watch them together. But uh, I wanted to tell him that I have a newfound appreciation for um, vocals after uh, uh, watching The Voice, and, and his vocals were really good. He was doing the plug your ear to, to hit the high notes thing, like the cool lady singers do, and, and uh, the pop stars, they'll, they'll plug their ear to make sure they're on pitch for the, the tricky falsetto notes. Like that. <laughs> um and, uh, and then the guy after him was this cool guy named Chris, and his band is called Clementine, or his like music persona is called Clementine. And uh, he was very nice, also just like super cool energy, you know, youthful, exuberant, uh, happy to be playing music, and we, we got to chat about stuff, and, and he's really delved into getting an Instagram following by, by cold messaging people and saying, hey, you know, you're a fan of this guy, you might like me too. Um, he had a cool like cadence, like a really cool scat delivery to, to the way he writes his lyrics, and very very charming guy. Um, the stories he was saying before the songs and then the songs had some really cool, clever little turns of phrase and pop culture references and, and neat little, you know, each story kind of was a, a, a song. Um, apparently he's inspired by a recent heartbreak. So that's a little, that's a, it's a little bit of a bummer, but, um, heartbreak certainly inspires a lot of good art. So he's on the right track. I think, uh, he had really cool hats, too. I should have gotten one of those hats. I didn't realize it was his own hat. He was wearing a hat with a little... I thought it was a peach, but it was a Clementine uh, little logo on this cool, like, purple and blue splotched kind of almost tie-dye, but more patterny looking hat. Um, I might reach out to him and buy one of those hats from him just just to have it. It was so, like, quirky looking. I was like, I, I could wear that at the pool. And, uh, and then it was my turn. I got to close out the show. And... Um, I just went, uh, it was seated because there was a tiki umbrella for the performers that wasn't tall enough for me to stand under and perform. So I was relegated to sitting, which made me choose my Yamaha acoustic dreadnought style guitar, you know, acoustic electric versus the Godin. I had practiced all day yesterday with the Godin, anticipating that that's what I was going to play and uh, ended up going with the Yamaha. I know that's like super geared nerdy um, and maybe only interesting to 1% of the people that will listen to this. But, um, you know, because I was was sitting and I'm not used to performing sitting down. I don't really care for it. I just feel like it kind of hunches me over and I'm not like up and like, you know, la 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 with like this nice big, big breathy voice. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was cool, man. Got to tell some stories. In fact, I told the, the story about playing crazy, um, about my mom liking it. And, uh, I, I told that story almost word for word as I did, uh, bef- you know, in the before part of this podcast, but, um, and then I pl- played crazy. I saw some people bopping their heads to that. I didn't do the stupid seal, um, uh, seal sound, seal barking joke that that's a podcast only exclusive, 
<laughs> from the first half of this one. But uh, yeah, so I played I played uh, Little Secret, Little Harmonica on there. I played Thanks to the DJ, which is a new song that I'm working on. And that's got a nice chunky groove and just kind of a nice seventh-y kind of vocal. So um, it's it's in the... She's up with the early birds, bending over backwards, changing the world, one spin at a time. Kind of like that. Um, the hook is like... Thanks to the DJ, yeah, yeah, on and on and whoa, whoa, singing songs and yeah, yeah, new way starts the day. So it's got, um, you know, it was kind of a good vibes tune to play second and bring some energy in. And then I, I promoted Dreams and Lives and talked about collaborating with JC3 and played Horizons. Um, that was funny. My, my Before the song story kind of went off the rails a little bit, I, it was, I was talking about how um, because we're working for syncing with film and television, sometimes we have reference tracks. And I uh, I heard in Best Buy a song that sounded like the beginning of Horizons. And I was like, oh my God, is my song on in Best Buy? And it turns out to be the song that my producer was like, hey, let's make a song that sounds like this. And that doesn't sit that well with me. I, I want my songs to be like, you know, f- organic from the ground up, you know, from the spirit, motivated to make a song that sounds like the song that it needs to be, you know, whether that be from a lyrical idea or a chord progression or a little riff, whatever it is, uh, it, 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 I might have to eventually have a hard line against using reference tracks to build out songs, but for the time being, I am, um, you know, there's always something to be learned. It, it, it was a good experience to write that song, and I still like it a lot, and uh, that was the gist of the story that I said before the song, so it was kind of probably weird for people to hear. He's like, wait, does this guy like this song? Does he hate the song he's about to sing us? This is weird. He's sharing too much information. Uh, no, but I got back on track saying that one. That's a, that's a fun one to sing. And then I did probably Dreams and Lives. And then um, they uh, whistled along with me, which was awesome. I was like, guys, it's really hot out here. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit parched. It's going to be hard to whistle. If, if you're decent at whistling, why don't you whistle this part with me? which is like the the little happy, bouncy melody that, that starts off uh, Dreams and Lives. And they whistled. It was great. And I got a good laugh because they kept whistling when I started the first verse. And then I, I had to stop myself. And I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't give you enough instructions on that one. You'll, you'll know when the whistle part comes around. We'll do it at the beginning, and then, uh, and then it'll be my turn. And then <laughs> you'll know when to whistle. And it got a good chuckle from everybody. And man, it was fun. It was really, really fun to play for people that were listening um it was really great and the family's home okay i'm back wanted to make sure to greet the family after they came home from giving uh our little chihuahua mickey his vet appointment well they didn't give him his vet appointment the the veterinarian and their technicians gave him the appointment but you know what i mean they they brought him there they chauffeured him they chauffeured the dog to the vet appointment. But anyway, I was talking about uh, wrapping up the So Far gig, and uh, people were whistling to Dreams and Lives, which was awesome. It, it definitely made my day. And um, 
and then uh, wrapped up. It was funny. The guy was kind of giving me the like all done signal, and I was like, "How are we doing on time? You, you guys, you guys, good for one more?" And everyone was like, "Yay!" And I was like, "Yeah, it's awesome. I feel badass. Yes." It was like uh, almost like a manufactured encore kind of situation. I was like, "Well, we could wrap up now, or I could do one more." And they were like, "One more." I was really, I was, I was impressed. I was glad because it was hot, and I knew people were ready to to move on with their days. Um, some people were drinking like spiked seltzer water and I saw some guy with a beer. I was like, good for you, dude. Like middle of the day drinking, catching some live music. And I just tried to do my part. I was the singer songwriter, Americana folksy guy. And, uh, I think I did it well. So I wrapped up with get you my song and, uh, uh you know, kind of gave the little set the scene and talked about how this is a song about a guy who's at a cafe reading the paper and watching the world pass him by and he he wants to work up the courage to get flirty and uh, the opening lyric to that song is kind of dirty um and it makes me smirk when i sing it i go got this funny feeling your dress would look so mighty fine matching with the carpet on my floor and it got a chuckle like people were down for the garrett anderson humor in songwriting uh, make me taking a page out of John Prine there, uh, you know, a guy who builds in some humor. Oh, but and and Willie Nelson too. So I think <laughs> I um uh, on on another one of these podcasts I'll talk about seeing Willie Nelson. But uh, it crosses my mind that I might want to uh, em- embrace sort of the demeanor of of like Willie Nelson meets Jimmy Buffett and just try to make that my shtick and see if people want to latch on to a good time. You know, and then go be the the good time artist and uh, do my best to live a good time life. Um, So uh, all things considered so far was pretty good. I think they need an injection of life force in their organization, at least in the Phoenix chapter. It seems like these guys are kind of, um, you know, pulling it off, but, um, you know, leaving things to be desired. Um, in terms of marketing and, and making sure that their signage is good at the place. But hey, who who am I to uh, to judge too much? You know, they, they brought 30 people into a space and, and let me play some music for them. Um, and, uh, you know, got to earn a couple bucks doing it and sell a couple CDs. So all things considered, I'm pretty grateful. Um, I'm, and it's, it's kind of weird to have the rest of my evening. Um, you know, still ahead of me. I'm used to playing gigs at night. So it was kind of, kind of different, kind of mixed it up a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, I think I'll do it again if I'm invited back. And, um, it's, it is a cool opportunity for people to, you know, one, discover new artists for people that are music lovers and then for artists to discover new crowds. And that definitely happened for me today. Got a couple folks, um, on board with the Garrett Anderson music thing. So uh, we'll keep on trucking. Keep on keeping on. All right, peace, everybody. Be good. Adios. Avida Zen. High above the murky mark, castles made of clouds. This it's Wonder Boy sitting all so proudly. Nothing much to say when you're high above the murky mark.
to tell you about young Nasty Man, arch rival and nemesis of Wonder Boy, with powers comparable to Wonder Boy's. What powers, you might ask? I don't know. How about the power of flight? That do anything for you? How about the power to kill a yak from 200 yards away? Nothing but some motherfucking mind bullets. That's telekinesis, Kyle. How about the power to move you? History of Wonder Boy and Young Nasty Man. Rigagoon, rigagoon, go. Secret to be told. A gold chest to be bold. Fill it with your mighty genius.